company has released a new device called AlexaGate that stops your Amazon Alexa from listening to you. Meanwhile, your smart TV just looks at Alexa like, I'll fill you in later. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) No kidding. That was such a revelation to me. When uh, when I got my new TV, my TV is spectacular. I've been uh, dealing with an older TV for quite some time, mm. and I was at the store like right before Christmas, and the prices were just like, what? "How how could this seventy some inch four K UHD whatever any of that stuff is TV be seven hundred bucks?" <laughs> Jack, it's because there are lots of poor people in Asia and willing it, to build them, and it's so light I can pick it up with my hands. That's not the reason. It's not. No. They, oh, that's right. They yeah. make their money off the data collection. Right. They subsidize it with data collection. So the, the TV's cheaper than it should be. They want me to buy it because I had a TV where they were collecting zero data. I had a dumb TV. Mm-hmm. Now I got a smart TV, and they're probably listening to my conversations in addition to, you know, every single show I watch and how long I watch it and what ads do I skip and blah, blah, all that data. See so your TV tiptoeing away from your wife's panty drawer. <laughs> so a $2,000 TV is $700 because they, they make it up in all the data they're collecting. Right. As Yang yeah. kept telling us during the debates... Uh, data is more valuable than oil as a commodity in the world right now, mm. Mm. which is astounding. An excellent point. Yeah. And that's why they're grilling the titans of tech on Capitol Hill. Yeah, maybe right now as we speak. Breaking news, breaking news. Okay. Breaking news. Real breaking news, like actually bring out Brandon the donkey. Yes. When news breaks, the donkey brays. For some reason. Oregon's Democratic Governor Kate Brown. For some reason. That's his job, Jack. Kate Brown said that federal agents who have clashed with protesters in Portland will begin a phased withdrawal from the city's downtown area on Thursday. Acting Secretary of Homeland Security Chad Howland-Wolf confirmed that he and Brown reached a joint plan to end the violent activity in Portland directed at federal properties and law enforcement officers. That plan includes the robust presence of Oregon State Police in downtown Portland, he said. In other words, we're not withdrawing the troops unless you protect federal property. So, okay, I'll protect federal property. Thank you. I'm not sure I followed that closely enough to uh are the protesters in agreement with the phase withdrawal? <laughs> did oh, they negotiate the fly in the ointment? Did they negotiate with the protesters for a phase withdrawal or are they just stating there will be a phase withdrawal like we're going to there's going to be a phased withdrawal of uh, Al-Qaeda from Fallujah Ooh. and this is how we're going to do it. Well, the federal agents are the phased withdrawal. Not, they're withdrawing. Not, not the uh, rioters. Oh, okay. So it's just, they're, they're being supplanted by the local people. Right. Okay, I get you. Right. So... Well, what, the rioters might still be there and fight. The most interesting uh, next step to me to observe is to what extent does that um, take fuel away from the riots? Well, the because, claim is nonstop right now. It's Trump's troops that are causing this. Right. If he, if he hadn't gone in with the troops, you wouldn't have all this mayhem. Well, prior to the uh, the the federal police going in there, the federal uh, officers, uh, it was the Portland PD that was the target of the abuse and rocks and bottles and the rest of it. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we'll we'll have to see. But again, this is a liberal politician who's been unwilling to criticize the militants, thinking she still holds the levers to control the militants. And she doesn't. Now, whether this uh, will take uh, 20% of the energy out of the riots or 80%, I don't know. That's why I'm interested in seeing it. Yeah, yeah. This will be, this This could, uh, 
put put lie to a popular narrative of the last several weeks. Yeah, it could. Well, and listen, the the point of view of me, uh, William Barr, really any sane person to my mind, is you have to protect the federal courthouse. You can't let it get burnt to the ground. And if you're not going to do it like you're supposed to with local resources, the feds are going to have to do it themselves. Okay, now you're saying you'll do it? Okay, fine. Feds are out. Simple. It's easy. Um, Here's something I actually don't know. Dr. Fauci is up on MSNBC talking about hydrochloroquine. Hydroxychloroquine, Jack. Whatever you call it. The, that's the... Uh, that's the fish tank cleaner? Uh, not precisely, no. It's a drug usually used for malaria and other conditions. I've been taking there. fish tank cleaner. Oh, oh go ahead. It's I, good for you. You got confused a little bit. Yeah. That's fine. Just oh. t- uh, take it with a meal. <laughs> um, I actually don't know if this stuff works or not, because I, I've, I've seen stories. I know for a fact I actually know of a, a doctor who's taken it themselves. So is it uh, completely phony? No. Or the, is it f- completely real? Or is it in between? Or I don't will, even know. You will never hear this in the media, but... It shows great promise, especially combined with uh, zinc and, oh, what, what is the other thing that gets thrown in? Uh, Zithromax or one of those uh, antibiotics for early cases, pre-hospitalized, not terribly sick, seems to do a pretty good job of nipping it in the bud. Uh, more studies are, are needed, etc. It It is, uh, according to the studies I've seen, and you know how these things change. Um, if you're in the late stages, it will do you no good and, in fact, might do you harm. So it's similar to taking Theraflu. you got to take it right when you get the flu, and it does a good job. I guess, job, yeah, I don't know don't... much about that. Um, but because it's become entirely about Trump now and a litmus test in the media, Trump or anti-Trump, now nobody's talking about it in grown-up terms. But I know doctors are prescribing it. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the um, the FDA cautioned against use of it outside of a clinical thing because of side effects, and FDA is very cautious with the making sure things are safe right. before they give it's them. Keeping the my go-ahead. aquarium very clean. Yes. Ask your doctor if hydroxychloroquine is right for you. In other words, okay. Your poor catfish can't even see out the walls of your aquarium. It's so dirty. You're drinking all the cleaner. <laughs> Selfishness. But I feel great. You should see my stool. <laughs> oh, no, I should not. Oh, boy. Now, that's an invitation. We had a two-hour, two-and-a-half-hour meeting with a doctor yesterday about uh, my youngest and his situation and that sort of stuff. But she got on this uh, thing. We were doing a phone thing because there's hardly any in-person doctor stuff happening. But um, she got on this thing about stool and just went on and on and on. Wow, <laughs> really an enthusiast. <laughs> Yeah, and I thought, okay, I get it. I really get it. Completely, I, I fully understand it at this point. Can we talk about something else? <laughs> <laughs> um, a majority of Americans think cancel culture is a big problem. I'm glad, glad to, to see hear it. that. Glad yeah. to see that. Yeah. How big a majority? Cancel culture, Joe, refers to a form of boycott in which an individual, usually a celebrity, hmm. No, because normal people are turned into celebrities by those who would drag them out into the street and beat them to death. It's because you were turned into a celebrity that you got canceled by your job because they think that now you're a Twitter sensation. They have to get rid of you. You don't, by the way. Nobody will remember it next week at all. This afternoon, it'll be over. No kidding. Uh, Who has said something that offends some people is called out and shunned. How big a problem do you think cancel culture is in the U.S. today? Um, 
28 percent. I'll go with all adults before we break it down into parties. Oh, boy. 28 percent say a very big problem. 26 percent say a somewhat big problem. So you're at 54 percent. Wow. Okay. For somewhat big and very big. Yeah. I'd like it to be bigger, but we can work with this. Not a problem is only 13. Wow. Good. Small problem, 31. So in terms of people thinking it's a problem at all, you're at what, 86%? Wow. Wow. This is such a beautiful example of how the vocal but brutal minority can do terrible damage and how they can terrorize people into silence. I mean, with those numbers, nobody should ever lose their job for saying something unfortunate on Twitter. I mean, especially if you add in, and if then they say, I didn't mean it in an offensive way, I blankety-blank, so if anybody took it the wrong way, I apologize. At that point, there's roughly 2% of the population that thinks that person should still lose their job, and yet it happens. Well, here's Canceled! The- Canceled! Yeah, there's the opportunity to use You don't have nearly that. a low enough voice to be that guy. Canceled! Oh, yeah. To me, if I was going to write the story of this poll... The headline would be this. Even among Democrats, nearly half believe it's a somewhat or very big problem. Hmm. 47% of Democrats are in the very big or somewhat big problem category. Add in with another 36% small problem. Only 15% of Democrats say cancel culture is not a problem. Wow. Is that? Did I just feel hope? I haven't felt that in ages. Yeah, don't. That's, there's nothing worse than hope. You can't be disappointed if you have no hope. That's right. Right. Don't get on the hope train. Takes you to Disappointmentville. <laughs> I bought a ticket for a good outcome city. <laughs> you, know, you just you want to you want to step off on the platform. At this is the way it's always going to be heights. <laughs> yeah. Well. That's why I drive my own car and don't ride trains. I don't like that train. Let me off. Anyway, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. Keep that around. I think I want to memorize those numbers. Um, it's frightening. Of course, that's the history of, of militant, horrifying political movements. Well, yeah, I remember I was doing that study of the French Revolution and reading about revolutions in general. It's only about 15% they think that it takes to, to pull off a revolution. Right. Right, including a significant number of people who are thinking, eh, I'm not down with it really. But Well, you got the active 15% to pull off the revolution. Okay. You got like another, I think it was 40% that are, they more or less feel that way. They wouldn't go that far, but they, they more or less feel that way. Then you got, I think I'd like a 20, 30% chunk of they're scared to say anything about it. Yeah. You're easily into enough. Then that's a very small percentage left that are really willing to resist it. I would add that uh, you can leverage your numbers through an increase in terror. Oh, sure. If you are even more brutal and horrifying, uh, you can make your numbers have a bigger effect. Well, the guillotine's worse than uh, being canceled on Twitter. There's no doubt about that. Having your head chopped off. Oh, yeah, clearly. Clearly. It's It's a bad outcome. Oh, yeah. yeah. Guillotine, <laughs> Ju- Guillotine Junction is the last stop on that train we were talking about. <laughs> hey, you're better off just staying on the train going back to Centerville. Don't, don't get off at Guillotine Junction. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. 
There's no place for violence or destruction of property. Peaceful protesters should be protected and arsonists and anarchists should be prosecuted. And local law enforcement can do that. Portland, let's give you a little report on Portland. We have the uh, courthouse very well secure. Our people have done a fantastic job. You hear all sorts of reports about us leaving. We're not leaving until they've secured their city. We told the governor, we told the mayor, secure your city. If they don't secure their city soon, we have no choice. We're going to have to go in and clean it out. Uh, the president, uh, with his new side hustle, feeding a wood chipper. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was in a car wash in a convertible. <laughs> He's actually uh, right outside Marine One, the uh, helicopter. So I was happy to hear Biden say yesterday, uh, arsonists and anarchists should be prosecuted. Bingo. Bingo. I was happy to hear Bingo. that. Bingo. That's good. That's a perfectly reasonable thing to say. Credit where it's due. Uh, yeah. Finally. Finally, a Democrat politician saying that. Thank you, Joe. Trump said we're, the, the federal government's not going to pull Trump troops out until uh, the, the, the local people can secure it. Well, it looks like that's been worked out, um, but there are two different versions of what happened here. So you've got the post from the Secretary of uh, Department of Homeland Security. That's Wolf. Very adult. And his statement, it's a very long statement, but I'll just read the first part. Over the past 24 hours, Governor Brown and I have been in regular communication and have agreed to a joint plan to end the violent activity in Portland directed at federal properties and law enforcement officers. Okay, okay. good violent, stuff. Okay, now here's the t- the tweet uh, within the last hour from Governor Brown, who had a different view of apparently those. After my discussions... With Vice President Pence and others, the federal government has agreed to withdraw federal officers from Portland. They have acted as an occupying force and brought violence. Oh, for God's sake. Well, keep electing communists. <laughs> Kate Brown. Well, she's going to spin it as how utopian she... Utopian nut job. She somehow strong-armed the federal government from pulling their violent troops out, which caused all the problems. Uh, the Department of Homeless Security is stating basically the opposite. So, well, look, yeah, the the Fed said you have two choices. Use local and state resources to secure the courthouse or we will. And she said, "Okay, we'll use the state police. It's as simple as that. You know, I've been meaning to. um, There's a good piece in the dispatch today about uh, reporters who who are showing both sides of how these things unfold at night. And oh, how, yeah, there's a great Twitter feed. Yeah. Guy's been inside the courthouse as the uh, insanity is, is uh, unfolded. This uh, uh, Mike Balsamo. Yep. Um, uh, lamenting the lack of balanced on-the-ground reporting in the city. Um, and then another reporter. But anyway, here's an example of this woman, Nancy Rummelman. Her accounts detail the various players involved, from rioters setting fires to peaceful protesters pleading with them to stop to curious onlookers trying to comprehend the historic events unfolding in their city and the orderly chaos that inevitably ensues. Why are you doing this, a young woman implores whoever will listen. You're giving them a reason to shoot at us. When they start the fires, we come and try to stop them, the young man said. He both, he, he both put out the fires himself and explains to the crowd why the tactic is only making things worse. So they're arguing with the people who are starting fires and firing projectiles. At right, people. and the anarchists and Marxists are like, yes, we want them to shoot at you. Yeah, yeah that's, that's why we're, we're here. That's our that's our playbook. We're trying the, to provoke a war. It's kind of the whole anarchy thing. I mean, I hate to 
dumb it down for you, but I'm an anarchist. and uh, Now, I'm going to ask you, just wants to stop stamping out our fires. You see, <laughs> if I fire stuff at this federal building and then they shoot at us, that's, that's, that, that's my goal for the night. You see, fomenting revolution is violent. Perhaps the problem is we, you and I have different goals, is what the anarchist should say to the yep. peaceful protest. Yep. I, I start to feel like we, we don't see things the same way. I'm starting to think perhaps we should go our separate ways. But there was a video, and I've been trying to find it, that I was talking about a month or so ago. It was in Seattle, and it was how the first violence started in Seattle. And it was such a good piece. And I can't remember if it was the Washington Post or the New York Times where it was. But they took various cell phone video. video. They had security cameras. They had it from different angles and everything like that of how these things unfold. And you look at that and think... How do you blame how do you blame anybody? How would you stop this from happening? You had the protesters and the police up against each other on a barricade line and they're just you know they're people are yelling at each other and some of the protesters are doing nothing but some of the protesters are throwing things at cops and some of the cops are handling it well and some of the cops are not handling it well and it's just it's just I mean it's going to explode. Yeah. When you mm-hmm. have it sure. in that situation and who do you blame and how would you keep it from happening? I have no idea. If you're going to get them butted up against each other in that situation Maybe don't, uh, you know, butt up against the cops. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The luxury car company Bugatti has unveiled a new miniature electric car for kids that sells for $68,000 called the Baby 2. As in, wow, this whole family sucks. The Baby (laughs) 2. It's fun. What? What? (sighs) I'm Um, And they haven't started yet. All the titans of uh, tech are being grilled by Congress in theory today, remotely. Jeff Bezos of Amazon, Tim Cook of Apple, Mark Zuckerberg of Facebook, and however you pronounce that guy from Google. Uh, total value of the company is almost $5 trillion. That's a lot. And two of the world's wealthiest people. You know, see Titans how that goes. of tech, the Could kings of computing, the dukes of data. Uh, Biden did announce yesterday he will announce his pick next week for vice president. Um uh, I read an article yesterday. It said, never has a pick been so consequential and inconsequential at the same time. Oh, you're blowing my mind. It will have no effect on how anybody votes, but it's incredibly consequential since it's almost guaranteed he's not going to run for a second term and quite possibly wouldn't finish the first. Yeah. So it will actually <clears throat> matter politically. I- eventually, yeah. But does not matter to the vote for who gets elected president. How can both those things be true? It doesn't seem like it could be, does it? But I think it will be. That makes sense. Unless he makes a terrible choice. A choice that turns out disastrous. Then that will suppress turnout, maybe. Like he goes with Scaramucci or something. <laughs> well, that'd be a for weird instance, choice. I'm going to have to hear be. the experts break down why he did that. Do you want to hear what the wild card is for 2024? Okay. AOC turns 35 that year. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Run, AOC, run. Awesome. Um, Please run. Yeah, I, I like the speculation of um, does he pick somebody that doesn't have ad- ambitions, and who would that be, to be the next president? And and is whoever his running mate is 
January 20th, 2021, day one, is just organizing behind the scenes for their run. Yes. Is that all they do? Yes. <laughs> well, they'll they'll probably be given a substantial portfolio so they can look busy and important. And, and probably will be fairly busy and important because they're clearly being groomed for the presidency. Hmm. I don't know. Uh, that's enough of that. So the uh, Florida Marlins are, when they start playing baseball again, that team is not playing this entire week. Did you realize that? They're taking an entire week off. And when they do return, there's a decent chance they'll have almost entirely a different starting lineup. And I'll, I'll read what Bob Nightingale said, and because of the COVID tests. Wow. I'll read what Bob Nightingale said in the USA Today Sports. Let's be honest. If the Yankees had 15 players test positive for COVID-19 and their season was halted for a week, would we still be playing baseball? How about if the Dodgers or any other big market team had the same outbreak? But since it's the Marlins, 2020 season will go on. I was not aware of this. Blah, 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 blah. Quick comment. Yeah. It's, it's a TV show. As long as people still seem to be tuning in the TV show and they can fulfill their contract with the networks, they're going to keep playing. I understand his point, but... This is already affecting the integrity of a 60-game schedule. The Marlins, that's exactly what I was answering. The, the whole integrity question. The Marlins' entire week of games has been postponed. They won't play again until August 4th at home against the Phillies, and that's the best-case scenario. But that appears unlikely as the Miami mayor has announced that the Marlins should adhere to a 14-day quarantine protocol that they have in the city. Uh-oh. Which would push it back even further. This has caused massive schedule and chaos in... or massive chaos in the schedule. The Yankees, who spent the past two days in Philadelphia, never played a game. They were supposed to play two on the road against the Phillies and then travel home to New York for two more. Now they will instead travel to Buffalo by bus to play the Orioles who originally were supposed to be playing the Marlins. I mean, it just, you know, it keeps going from there. In Buffalo? Okay. <laughs> well, it's uh, it's a rocky road. No doubt. It just seems to me like if one more team gets it, especially a high-profile team, like he said, where there's a lot of, you know, a ton of money on the line, mm-hmm. um, it falls apart so quickly. I mean, if the schedule got that messed up that fast. Right. Right. Um, and it's not a big deal, and, well, and, and it's a TV show. And I still say, uh, fine. I still say, you might as well have tried, even oh, if yeah. it doesn't work out. Yeah. What's the downside yeah. to trying? If I if I got a star player and he gets like a little hamstring pull, and he's going to be out, you know, seven to ten days, pretty common thing. And I don't want him missing the games. I just infect my team with COVID, and we get a week off to recover. Yes, and then <laughs> once uh, once everybody's healthy again, good strategy. Let's, you... uh, let's make up the games, everybody. And this. I'll infect my team with COVID. How do you go about doing that? You spit in the oh, Gatorade? There's, there's, there's oh, ways. gross. You, you need some COVID? I'll get you some COVID. <laughs> <laughs> I know a guy on the dark web. Oh, as long as we're discussing the sporting life. Oh, and then zero cases in the NBA so far, though, in the bubble. Uh, la- not last, be penetrated by COVID. Last week. Yeah, last week they had zero positive tests. And uh, the uh, the regular season games start tomorrow for a couple teams. Most of them start on Friday. There have been a couple NBA guys, a handful, get the vid, but they recovered quickly and they're fine. They, they were isolated. They didn't join the team immediately. They quarantined and then they joined later. And yeah, uh, apparently the bubble thing is so far working. Meanwhile, over in the National Football League, uh, one of the star players of the Patriots, linebacker Dante Hightower, uh, announced he is opting out of the season. Safety Patrick Chung also announced plans to opt out because of coronavirus concerns, really? making at least six Patriots who will not play 
They lead the league in that as well, Jack. Does he take care of his grandma at home or something? Because you're a young, healthy man. The chance of you getting it bad is so low. Well, they have a, a baby. He and his fiance has a baby, a, a new baby, apparently. Um, and the baby almost certainly will be fine, too. But the, the um, head concussions. concussions. The brain uh, pounding is going to get you before the COVID does. Yeah, oh, yeah, a, heck yeah. Uh, I think 26 players have opted out this season, Last, from what I heard. Wow. Uh, when you hear that all pros like uh, Dante Hightower, Patrick Chung, and others, um, each of whom sports several Super Bowl rings, are out, you're going to see that number grow a lot. Uh, San Francisco Giants uh, all-star MVP catcher Buster Posey opted out. He and his wife have uh, new adopted twins. I, I didn't know that. Yeah, he's not. He said, playing? "I'm not playing." Correct. Really? Yeah. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. So we'll have to see. Boy, and what's your chance of getting it in baseball? It's very a slim. lot Do you play less on the Marlins. A lot less than the NBA, where you're like leaning against people and breathing on each other. Yeah, it's not going to be your opponents. It's your clubhouse, your staff, the rest yeah, of it. The, the fact Although that the, in basketball, you could easily trade it on the court, but baseball, it's. It's your team. Baseball's biggest struggle is that they aren't doing the bubble approach. They mm-hmm. had the opportunity to do it in Arizona where they host all those spring trainings because they have all the stadiums. And they, and they, they said no. Yeah, they, they didn't do it for whatever reason. Uh, but I think that's going to be their biggest hurdle. You said once big, the big stars start opting out, it's a, you know, it grows from there. I wonder if it's not the other way around. The, the people that make tons of money and got more money than they can spend in a lifetime, you think, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not going to take the risk. It's, right. the, it's the other end. It's the non-stars that are going to say... Oh, can we play? We gotta play. Right. I need the money. Oh yeah. Yeah. I have no idea how this ends. Neither do I. Neither does anyone. There are a lot of great players in all these sports, though. You haven't heard of them yet. Sure. But you can take out a star and there'll be another star that uh, that, uh, that right. you know, takes their place. Yeah, we don't do a sports talk show, but I'll tell you as a baseball fan that uh, Buster Posey staying home opened the door for a, a new kid and he's doing great. Um, Take so, that. Well, yeah. Yep. On the other hand, old uh, uh, Mr. Posey has plenty of cash in the bank, and I don't think he's terribly concerned. No. And to his credit, he's more worried about his wife and kids than winning baseball games. I'll bet the old lady wouldn't let him play. He begged her. He's there in his full catcher's gear <laughs> at the front door. Please, can I play? Please. <laughs> She's saying no. He's trying to shake her off. Right. Oh, wait, no. Pitchers shake off, not catchers. Dang it. He's shaking her off. <laughs> He's, he's wearing a mask. I wear a mask on the field. Right. Right. That kind of mask doesn't work. Buster, get back in here. Take off your shin guards and sit down. Oh, no, honey. Don't, don't squat. Sit. <laughs> Hilarious. He's we're, a catcher, you see. We're probably about out of catcher jokes. Armstrong and Getty. So as of today, I'd actually forgotten about this, which shows you how difficult it's going to be. As of today at my house, we are a gluten-free household. We're going to attempt to do it. Wow. Including you? Well, so uh, it's for my uh, youngest and his health problems, and it has been brought up by every single human being we've talked to. Therapists with no medical training whatsoever. 
on up to psychiatrists who have medical training but not in this area, on up to doctors who have medical training in this area, and everybody else in between. Everybody. Have you tried gluten-free? They're never like saying we really need to, just, you know, have you tried it? Hmm. But there's so many people that are uh, uh, practicing members of the Church of Gluten. Mm-hmm. It just, it's just, it's so annoying. It, it is. <laughs> it is, it is yeah. so annoying. Yeah, you don't want to give in to them. And and in, in many <clears throat> cases, I've thought you're the kind of person that you know gets into this whole gluten free thing, and you're a doctor, mm-hmm. and you're a this or that, whatever. right? Um, yeah. and you know you. For whatever reason, I don't know what I don't know what it is about the Church of Gluten. I don't know why you gluten people just feel like it, your life would be so much better if other people stopped eating gluten. I don't get that, but fine. Um, but it's a possibility that it could be a thing with my son with inflammation and what that and whatnot, and and the, the the things that we have been doing aren't working. Um, um, and uh, so you know, got to try anything. And, and so your cookies taste like crap for a while and have a weird texture. It's worth trying, probably you know, to eliminate it. You should yeah. probably eat less cookies anyway. So that's yeah, fine. exactly. That's it's a way. But also thought. Uh, luckily, my wife and I agreed on this. The, the The only way to really make this work and to make it a lot easier for him is that we all do it. It's not just you know we're sitting there eating pizza. Or whatever. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Enjoy your gluten free whatever. Yeah. Um. Uh, so we're going to do it as a whole ha- whole family. But I had just, I had just texted her. I'll read my text. The fact that I forgot about it so quickly shows that it's going to be difficult. I sent her a text. Since my pizza was a fail the other day, is there anything I could bring home for lunch? Bagels, Kentucky Fried Chicken, Subway, anything? They all have gluten. Uh, all right. All right. KFC has gluten. Gleben. Anything that's fried, like the the, the breading really? on it, yeah. Oh, bread. Breading. If it's got breading, yeah. Breading. But, right. But a lot of stuff, are Hershey's bars gluten free? Mm-hmm. Uh, fruit, <laughs> fruit Loops are gluten free. I no. mean, it doesn't have to be all stuff that no kid would ever want to eat. Yeah. But yeah. Why does. Now, my, I've never had any gluten free, um, like, treats that weren't awful. And I mean awful. Mm <laughs> hmm. Um, but, Here come the recipes via email. I'll okay. pass them on to you. But I've <laughs> thank you for that. Well, they're probably but, pretty good. Well, some of them might be, but yeah. I've certainly had a lot that were terrible. I mean, not just like this isn't as good a regular cookie. It's yeah. like you couldn't for five dollars. <laughs> I wouldn't eat the rest of this. Right. I remember when we were going hardcore low carb, and uh, several of us my my wife, my sister, and me, and we, and we experimented with various. Oh, this is an excellent substitute for blah blah. blah. And there were a couple of things I actually spit out oh yeah like i'm five years old <laughs> a grown man chew chew look on face whoa god i was at the store with uh with uh, with henry one time and uh and we were gonna get a chocolate chip cookie i think sam was in karate or something and we went over and we we're gonna get the chocolate chip cookie all they had was gluten-free and i thought well that's probably okay it was it was spitted out bad oh boy just like oh why from, why did you make this right there's why don't, nobody, why don't I just have something else? There's nobody that would like this flavor. Right. I can hip you to a, a bakery that's uh, pretty close by that has great stuff. Like, okay. legitimately top-notch, I wouldn't know that this was gluten-free right. and that's, it tastes just like a brownie. That's what I was going to say. My wife said she's had gluten-free like brownies that were, were yeah. actually good. Well, there you some, go. But if you make the terrible kind, surely you recognize that they're terrible, don't you? Don't you? A brownie that tastes nothing like a brownie. Has no point. Yes, but if you're a member of the Church of No Gluten, 
in the same way that ideology blinds intellect and makes you believe insane things, I think they convince themselves, yeah, this is this is pretty good. But, but it just seems weird to me that if you're going to make a brownie and it tastes like something completely different, then what is the point? Or the you... texture is that of a loose poo. <laughs> Didn't need that. Well, but, so it's time you, for a straight talk. You wanted a brownie. You can't have a brownie because uh, it turns out you can't have a brownie. But in this case, with the brownies they made, sure. it doesn't taste anything like a brownie. Right. So I don't need something called a brownie in the shape of a brownie. I wanted something that tasted like a brownie. Sure. The, so the, so the, I, I have something else. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I feel like I'll have something else. Joe was on to a point where I think they have deprived their taste buds of taste buds of joy for so long. That they don't even know what a real brownie tastes like. That could anymore. be, that and that, could be too. And that might be a good thing. That happens with sweets in general. Yeah. People who take in a lot of sweets, you just get used to such a high level of sweet in your life, and you need a lot more of it, and you know you're better off without. Probably. Try this gluten free pizza. It has the texture of mucus and tastes like tar. <laughs> Cauliflower <laughs> crust is the new frontier in gluten pizza. Yes, yeah. I tried that for the low carb. Ooh, not Cauliflower so crust? I, it, that, that wasn't the worst one. Oh, the worst thing was faux-tatoes. Oh, my it God. Was, it was like ground-up <laughs> cauliflower. I like the that's name. That's what I spit out. <laughs> oh, it was terrible. But that's another example to me of, if it's not going to be anything like potatoes, there's not a need for something called a potato <laughs> shaped like a potato. Right. Why don't we have something else? <laughs> right. Yes. Right. It's like you're checking a box. It's like you're in a yeah. communist society where yeah. yeah, the the commissar told you you have to have potatoes, so instead you have something horrifying and call it potatoes. Why? <laughs> yeah, why? <laughs> anyway, so we're going to well, try that today. That. I it's hope gonna, that works out. Uh, you know, we were talking to Henry about that. He's really dreading it. Um, his diet is not great, which probably doesn't help anything, but the stuff that he wouldn't give me, but he's really dreading it. But we were talking about, what if this worked? What if no more needles, no more all this medicine we take every day, all this stuff, and you can go to school and everything just because we quit eating gluten? Let's give it a try. Yeah. Eliminate it. At least if we do it, then for the rest of my life, when people say, have you tried being gluten-free? Yes! (laughs) Shut up! I don't want the show to be over, but I am ready to listen to the final The texture of mucus. Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. So, oh, I almost uh, leaped to to the end. My apologies. Uh, Let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew. It's Michelangelo pressing the buttons. Michael! Yeah, whether it's sugar-free or gluten-free, it can't be taste-free. I tried a gluten-free birthday cake, and I had to stop and drive uh, drive to a bakery to get a real piece of cake. It was that bad. Ugh. Positive Sean, our producer, final thought. Yeah, the tech head honchos, I guess they're busy uh, downloading updates because they haven't started uh, their their testimony yet, but I will be monitoring this so you don't have to. I'll bring all the highlights for you tomorrow. Mm. Excellent. Uh, Jack, a final thought to share? Yes, I'll probably be reporting on Twitter throughout the day of how day one of a gluten-free household is going. I told, uh, I said, I think we got to get the stuff out of the house. Oh, yes. I, I, just, I think we got to just get everything out that's not. Yeah, I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> Bring it in the radio ranch. There you go. Yeah, sure. Uh, speaking of parenting, my final thought is I I uh, had a, I was talking face phoning with uh, Delaney, my 20-year-old daughter, last night for an hour and 49 minutes. We talked about everything under the sun. I'm reminded of the old adage, I believe it to be true, that if you try to be your child's friend, you'll p- have to parent them forever. But if you are your kid's parent, when they grow up, you'll be friends. 
At least if you're lucky, you will be. Yeah, it was great. Just absolutely fabulous. Real pleasure. Highlight of my day. No offense to you guys here. You're not nearly as cute. We talked about everything from life, love, dating, rebound relationships, to a solid hour of political theory. Oh, yeah. Rebound relationships. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Oof. Dennis Rodman over here. Armstrong and Yeti wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. rebounded work a lot, you see. Yeah. <laughs> Took me a second, but that was good. What? You have a lot of piercings? I don't understand. <laughs> so many people, thanks a little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. You can drop us an email, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. That's where all the podcasts are to download. We have fabulous, funny swag, uh, coffee cups, T-shirts, hoodies, whatever. Helps pay the fellas. See you tomorrow. God bless America. You having a good time? Okay, I, I did not say okay. that. I've sat here for over three hours and 15 minutes. <laughs> that sucks. If you wish to leave, you may. Let me just say how very, very dismaying and disappointing. Not uh, good. And just change the channel from this mesmerizing horror show. We'll be better tomorrow than we were today. Then we heard the words. It's over for me. Adios, mofo. Okay, so we're, we're, you're, we're dismissed, is that correct? Do you want to rephrase uh, what you're doing? What you want is irrelevant. Armstrong.